on page Sadikvav. We began learning last week about a Nida Kedosha, a great Nida, that we weren't taught about. We weren't told about growing up in school, yeshiva. It's something that's very obvious when a person has it. When a person when a person possesses this meat, it's very clear, it's very obvious. And it's a meat that one can acquire. It's hard, but it's possible to acquire. We were talking about the meat of Tmimus. Midas had Tmimus. It's very difficult to translate that into English. What we're learning is that there are two ways of existence. One is the way of hardcover, when something is complicated, consists of many layers. It's murkav. We're talking about what that means, hardcover, when something is murkav. On the other hand, when something is mufshat, something is poshit. Poshit is the word mufshat. Lahavshit means to take off the layers to remove layers. And <clears throat> in the context of that difference, Rav Schwartz asked a very important question. And we can't afford to ignore the question. The question was, why is it that it's so difficult to daven? Why is it that it's so difficult to say Sefer Tehillim, to say Kepitlach Tehillim, when it's been revealed to us, and each and every one of us believes in the truth of Teresh Sav and Teresh that it's been revealed to us that Dovra Melech with his Ruach HaKadosh included each and every one of us in his feelings. And it's the most natural thing that each and every one of us should connect in the deepest way to tell him to his feelings. And yet, over the years, it's become increasingly difficult. Whereas our our grandparents, our ancestors, lived with Tehillim. But for us, it's so, so difficult. We could sit and learn interesting shiurim, we could take notes, we could listen to tapes, read svarim, read books, and so on. But when it comes to, when it comes to pouring one's heart out, it's so hard. And Davra Malach himself said, Vani betumi elech. Vani betumi elech means that there's a midah that's called tmimus. And tam, tmimus, is the opposite of harkava. Whereas harkava means when something is complicated, it's layered. Tmimus means when something is mufshat, it's something it's, means that it's something that is expressing the nakudah tmimus, the inner, real, absolute truth of a person's feelings and a person's thoughts than the Kuda of Tamimus. Learning is a complicated process. When a person learns in his mind, <clears throat> he's trying to construct an entire building of, of thoughts beginning from the first floor, second floor, and third floor 
So learning is the process of harkava, of joining together ideas. Tmimus is just the opposite. Davening depends on Tmimus. Tmimus means breaking something down to the bare essence of what it is. means that even though David and was the wealthiest, the smartest, everything. The whole essence of Dovr Malach was Tmimus. And we need to learn more about this Midah. Everything depends on Tmimus. The Iker, the main Giluim of Mashiach Sakain, of Mashiach Ben David, is this Midah of Tmimus. To be a Pasha to be a Jew that's simple, simple here, as we learn, doesn't mean not intelligent. It means that the simplest truth of who he is is shining every moment of his life. It's simple. Unencumbered. Unclothed. Poshet. Uvshat. So, Tzadik Vav, Heichan Hinukudis, over there, at the beginning, a little bit like like seven, eight lines down, which is, Limu Mitech HaKar Be'yayse Ishbar. What is it about what is it about a person that hides that mida of Tamimus? What is it that's covering the Tamimus of a person? What is it? Why can't we be simple? We were talking this week about children. That the natural the natural way of a child is tmimus. The reason that children are so cute is because of their tmimus. They're so beautiful. Adults, teenagers and adults and so on, try to somehow imitate children to recapture that tmimus. But they can't do it. The child says what he feels. The child is, he lives who he is. He's not complicated. He can be very bright, but he doesn't consist of layers. He is who he is. It's the tremendous of a child. What is it that's covering this tremendous? Why do we have such a problem? I mean, Mela, it's hard for us to dive into this, to speak sincerely and all, all kinds of games going on between people, how they act and how they talk and so on and so forth. Why is that? Why can't we just be tremistic? What ruins the tremist of a person? So again, we turn to Davar Amalek and tell him a pasuk that we say all the time on Shabbos. A pasuk Omer a boor. It's hard to say exactly what it is. When you meet one, you know it. A boor, B-O-O-R, cannot know. Nor can a fool understand this. When the wicked... When the wicked bloom like grass, and the Rishayim, the evil ones, blossom. Ish ba'ar lo yeda. 
a boor. It's some sort of a person. A boor, the way it's translated into English, a bar. It, it doesn't mean that a person is dumb. It's used, it usually means a person who's uncivilized and uncultured. But there's something lacking in the person's awareness. So this Pasuk, Mihu Oise Ishbar, who is this Ishbar, all of Dibar Pasuk? Who's Dabar Malach talking about? What do you have to do to qualify to be a boor? Sometimes I can help the way that's used in America. If somebody says something that's completely inappropriate or he acts in a way that's boorish, without manners and so on. So what's Dabar talking about? Who's the Ishbar? The simple way to read this, as probably we have all the years in Hamidavan, is to say it's Amaretz, an uneducated person, an ignorant person. Usually that's what we think of. An Ishbar, a boor, means somebody that's not educated. An ignorant person. a person who hasn't learned. Compared to this ish ba'ar, all of us are very learned and very intelligent. And that's how we think of the ba'ar. We don't put ourselves in that category. We would never ever think of ourselves as boorish people, as a ba'ar. But the truth is, each and every one of us, from the smallest little one to the greatest person, in all generations, from the, from the smallest person to the greatest person, in all generations, each and every person who's ever lived throughout all the generations, no matter how intelligent, no matter how learned, is included in this category of Ish Bar. Now that's insulting, isn't it? Because we thought for sure that people like ourselves are not in that category. After all, the people, we try to we try to learn, we try to be intelligent, we read, and so on. We try to have nice manners, we think we understand everything, or a lot. We don't put ourselves into that category of an Ishbar. So what does that mean? Each and every person who's ever lived is an Ishbar lo yeda. A boor who cannot know. Hamashal you sit down with a little child, five years old, and you learn olive base. You study olive base with the child. And you, you ask the child some questions on olive base, and he knows the answers. Every time you ask the child a question, what's this? The child says, this is a base. What's this? This is a gimel. And every time you ask him, he's great. He knows every answer. When the test is finished, the child feels, ah, 
the child, when he finishes his little exam, and he was tested on the olive base, and he was successful, he answered every question correctly, he feels, wow, I know a lot. I really know a lot. I know the olive base. I get everyone right. I know the olive base. I will zell my babshi yellow ben chamesh. But this is the way that a little five-year-old looks at that. Right? So any five-year-old that would walk around having mastered the olive base saying, I know everything. I know everything. I'm an accomplished scholar. I know everything. You would you would laugh. It would be, it would be comical. The case of So the adult who's studying olive base with this child, how does he look at the child? The adult who's learning with the child olive base says that's good. He knows the entire olive base from olive until sof. He even knows some of the vowels. But what is this? What is this compared in relation relative to the unfathomable depths, unfathomable depths of the Torah? Even of the letters of the olive base. Each letter of the olive base, one can spend lifetimes studying each letter of the olive base. Not one lifetime. Lifetimes. There are swarm and swarm written on the oasis of the olive base. Just on the olive base. So the child the child is proud of himself and he sees himself as somebody who really has accomplished a lot, and we're proud of him too. And he thinks that he knows a great deal. The adult is looking at him and smiling. I'm thinking with the child, it's very cute that he knows the olive base, but that's nothing, nothing at all compared to the depths of the Torah. How is it come out cool? Or is he saying, well, in terms of how much he knows and even the level of what the child knows, how is it come out cool? It's hardly anything. What does he know? Those are olive base. That's it. It's sad design. The truth is that our matziv is exactly like that. Our matziv is the same matziv. And, and, and even worse, even more pathetic than the little boy who learned the alibis and he thinks he knows everything, he's, he's an accomplished person. It's even more pathetic. The truth is that the ocean is more expand the, the Torah is more expansive than the ocean. The Torah is greater than the ocean, it's wider and deeper and so on. Hashem and the Torah are one. In the way the same with Hashem is infinite, infinite. We can never understand not the end and not the beginning. Hashem is infinite. So it is with his Torah. Therefore, it's impossible for a person to know the entire Torah. It's not possible. Not in the amount, just the amount, the sheer amount of Torah. And not in the depth of Torah. It means that all that we understand in Torah, all that we're masik, all that we understand, 
It's like a drop of the ocean. Each and every one of us, compared to the infinite, compared to the infinite depth of Torah, each and every one of us is Ba'amis, an Ishbar, a boar, an empty boar. Compared to what there is, the same way that one sees the child marching around with his olive base, and the child thinks he knows everything, and whoever looks at the child knows that he doesn't know anything. What's olive base? It's very nice. It's very cute that he did it. What is that? Compared to what there is out there. So are we any different? After we learned a couple of psukim, a couple of this, a little bit of that, some uh, uh, whatever the person has learned a little bit, he's not an Ishbar. So why do we need to know this? Certainly David Amalekh has a tachlis, has a tachlis in our knowing this. Ishbar, lo yeda, now we appreciate, we learn on a different level. Ishbar, lo yeda, doesn't mean some idiot. It means even, it means even the greatest tzaddik, the greatest tamachacham is still compared to the Bari to the Creator, the Infinite One, is an Ishbar. Hasn't started. Doesn't know anything. Nothing. Why is that so important? That David Melech would, would say that. And coming into Shabbos. That's how we enter into Shabbos. Mizmah Shaliyam Shabbos. It's not enough just to hear these words. These words have to penetrate into the depths of who we are. Because this explains the difficulty that we have being simple and how we've gotten so lost in that forest of harkava, of being complicated. And that's taken away the simple sincerity that we once had as children, the sincerity, the vanibat tumi elech, the tamimas. Habayahi, the problem is this. Deep down a person feels that he's a chacham. He's smart. He looks at himself like a chacham. Of course he always says to people, when someone says, oh, wow, you did so well on you. You, you got a, you know, you have a, you got an A on your, on your psychology midterm. If you met so hard, you'll leave very smart. No, no, no. Or when you're, or when you're with some relatives, let's say, that are not religious, uh, 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 and you've learned uh, a little bit and you explain things to them that feeling that you have and they say wow you know so much and you, and you say no I, I really don't but inside of yourself there's some complications the complications of how you look at yourself not as an Ishbar not as, not as a little child that's just starting on his or her path that doesn't know anything compared to the infinite truth of God's existence and the Torah Deep down, the person sees himself as a chacham. Shulmeivin, he understands. Yehudeya, he knows. Each person acquainted his madrigal, in his class, in his chaver, whatever that is. Each person acquainted his madrigal. I might have told you this once. I remember years ago, this goes back, this goes back around 34, 35 years. There was, um, we had a chevra that we were going to, 
we were coming back from HSO, and they had all these deals on flights, you know. He didn't know how to find these things. He had to, like, transfer here and then row a boat someplace and <laughs> take a bicycle, and, you know, so, and you save, like, $35. So there was a, there was one of these deals that we all had coming back from HSO. A kid for we all got stuck in London for a long time. There were no, there, there were, there were these, there was this college deal, this, like, and there are a million, a million people that, that, that were waiting on lines in, in London to be able to get flights out. Some, some Chacham was, was overbooking, you know, and there weren't enough planes and so on. So I was with a, I was with a friend and, um, and, and we, we had to really, we had to be online for, 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 for two nights. And and, and uh, two or three days we had to stay online, as as odd as it sounds. To put on film there, we had to stay on this line. There were lines going for blocks to get flights to the states, for blocks. And I remember there was a guy there that he became like the king of the line. I, I don't know I don't know how it, I don't know how it happened. Who anointed him? Who coronated him? I don't know how. But he was like the liaison to British Airways, you know what I'm saying? He like represented the Hamayn Am. We were the multitudes that were chalishing to get home. Wherever home was, we were the ones that were chalishing to get home. And this guy, this guy you would never want to meet like in a dark alley. It's like a scary guy. This guy became like the one that like was going into the office and everybody was waiting for him with longing eyes. And he would come out and he'd say, listen, listen, listen. You know, and then everybody was... You know what's going on with the, you know, the, and then he would like yell at people that were asking too many questions, and everybody was like, machmir themselves to him. And I remember thinking, I was looking at my friend. He said, "This is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like we're, we're subjects in this guy's kingdom. It's, it's a bar, it's a boor, an empty boor. Here we are, yeshiva bachim. We learn Torah. We yidden, the children of yidden." And we got some peasant who's our king. And and like we were talking once we had a whole of course all the Yidin were together. And and this was an upsetting situation and we were thinking of how we could you know, what kind of a where we could rebel, how, how what could we do to find an Aitsa, how to And it became like this little Malchus over there and this some some street in London that we were living on, for Mamish living on for for, for two or three days. And this person was a Balmadrega. Everybody needed him. And he had his time in the world. Probably he was never anything. And he had this time. We became like a, a, a Malach. And I thought about it, you know. How it's such an interesting thing. And that's how life is. Each person at that particular time in that place. person thinks he's a Chacham on his Madrega. Here's our downfall. So this guy in London, he had some more information from British Airways. He had some more information. So he had some Haskalas, he had some knowledge that the riffraff that was us didn't have. And that made him superior to us. His knowledge made him superior to us. The feeling of superiority comes from muskalis, meaning 
I know something that you don't know. I know something you don't know. I understand something you don't understand. I'm privy to certain information that you're not privy to. That gives a person standing. That makes him a chavim. And it's natural. A nefesh nesen is mishkal muskalos. A person by nature gives credence to muskalos, to the intellect, to information, to knowledge. You walk into a classroom in college. The professor could be the could be the biggest bar on earth. He could be the, he could be the emptiest person in the world. But he studied that subject. You didn't. You're unfamiliar with you're unfamiliar with the the basics of uh, sociology one zero zero one. This guy spent spent some years on that thing, and he gets some he lectures to the students like the guy online in London. He has something that you don't have. And that makes him superior. The muscolos that the person has empowers him and makes him different. It's natural for a person to feel that way. The nefesh gives tremendous weight and credence to the hasagist of the seichel, of the intellect. Lahavana, latvisa, what a person understands, what a person grasps, what a person knows. Sholem she'elos, let's say you're in a shia, or you're in a class, lahavala, a lecture, and you ask certain questions, you think these questions, nobody ever thought of these questions. These are mountains. Shem Harum, these are big mounds. I, I, was, I asked a question. I asked a big question. No one ever thought of this before. This question. Like how, how is it possible that I have free choice if God knows what I'm going to do? Like somebody asked that, no, will ask an issue, or somebody will listen to something and say, you know, but I understand what you're saying, but then after all, how could the Holocaust have happened? The person thinks that it's amazing that it's already so many years since the Holocaust and nobody has ever asked that question until Achakanti, until me. And, and, and as crazy as that sounds, when a person asks a question, he feels so filled with himself that, that it, this is a Weltkasche, a big question. It's a big question. How is it that good people are suffering? It's a kasha. Big cash. No one ever thought of that before until you came along. It's a cash. Allah the truth is, Shahakal Keklipas Hashum. The truth is, it's all like the Gemara calls it, like the peel of a garlic. What what is it? Who are you? What's your question? What do you know? It's all like the peel of a garlic. You know the feeling you could get sometimes when let's say you're with a group of people and you're working on a certain project for two weeks and some person walks in for the first time and says, hey, listen, I have an idea. And everybody feels, what are you, are you kidding? We're Isaac in this thing for two weeks, ten hours a day. 
we've been discussing this, I'm thinking about it, writing up different ideas and so on. And you walk in over here. That's nothing is emotional to the truth of being nothing more than a peel of garlic. In comparison to the unbelievable inner depths of the Torah itself, of what it is. Sometimes you see a person, well, what do you think about, what do you think, you know, this particular halacha? So the person says, no, it really doesn't do anything for me. I've heard these kind of lashanas. You've never heard this? No, it's not for me. It's not for me. Which means as if you know what that is, that you're saying, it's not for me. It's not for me. What is it that's not for you? It's not for me. What does it mean when you say it's not for me? If you say to a boor, uh, what do you think of H2O? He says, no, 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 that's not for me. That's how dumb it is. You know, that's not for you. H2O is not for you. No, 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 no. no I, 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 I prefer potato chips. That's not what it is, H2O. To even make a comment, it's not for him. And you have to say that. You have a person saying that about the Torah, about a mitzvah. No, no, no. No, I don't agree with that. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't see that. I don't understand. It's not for me. And that's not a humble statement. That's a statement of unbelievable conceit. You really are bar, klipas hashum. You don't even know enough to say that you don't know. What does it mean you don't know? And you're already making value judgments based upon something that you don't know. And you're already able to look down on other people. And be critical of other people. You don't even know. You don't even know. Can you imagine having a person that that uh, that God forbid lost his entire family in an accident. Lost his entire family. And and you you don't know who this and you just you walk over the person and the person says how and you just this just happened and, and, and you ask him, Well, how you doing? So the guy says, um, not, not too well, not too well. So you say to him, you know, what are you, why are you saying that? You know, life is beautiful. How would you feel if he tells you, well, it might be beautiful for you, but I, my, my entire family was just killed in a car accident. And then after you hear that, you feel like, mm-hmm. right? What are you supposed to say? You thought that you knew something. You didn't know anything. You didn't know anything. You didn't know what happened to this person. And you just stunned. You shut your mouth off. All of life is like that. The, the, the judgments that we make and that we pass on other people, on the Torah, on Halacha, on the Shalom, on Mitzvahs. It's unbelievable. A person has to feel the Pnimius and Nefesh in the depths of his soul. That whatever he knows, it's, a, it's only a, it's, the, it's the poorest bit of knowledge. It's the tiniest bit of knowledge. That whatever he understands, means poor. It's the poorest understanding. In his knowledge, and the point of all of this is not that it makes you feel low self-esteem 
that's what some of you might think this is going, where is this taking me? I've spent the last 12 years in therapy trying to feel better about myself. And this rabbi just knocked me down. Mamish is terrible. This is not to bring it, this is not shiftless. It's not that you feel bad. It's not that you feel bad. Moshe Rabbeinu didn't feel bad about himself. Tavanov didn't feel bad about himself. Meaning in terms of self-esteem. This is not to break your life down and to hurt you. It's to build you up. To begin for the first time in your life. To build. With an understanding that that's your job. That Hashem has given you in this world. That Hashem has made each and every one of us in such a way. That we don't truly understand. We, we don't get it. Certainly, we have to learn as much Torah as we can. So he misses, I say, the rice. It's a mitzvah from the Torah to learn as much as we can. But when a person is learning, his learning always has to be with a sense, with a feeling of of Dallas, of poverty, of how impoverished I am. And the more that he knows, the more he realizes he doesn't know. Kaloshna Chazanish, as the Chazanish said, when any I'm not embarrassed to say that human being is, his, his whole thing is, is a mistake, meaning that a person makes mistakes. Every, every, he's always making mistakes. When a person learns Torah in that way, and you continue to learn, and you, and you learn as much as you can. But at the same time, deep inside of himself, he realizes, I haven't even scratched the surface. I'm no better than the little boy that, that, that has just learned the olive base and is proud of himself for the olive base. And I, the, the same way that I know what's the olive base. The olive base is a tiny, tiny little infinitesimal little drop of what there is. I have to feel that way that the child... The way that I would look at the child, I have to see myself. In Be'emes, Yifnamu HaDvarim, El Nefesh, if we would truthfully take this to heart, Tizgala Nekuda Pnimis Yaisa, we'd be able to uncover the deepest Nekuda inside of us, the deepest point of the soul. Nekuda Satmimis, Shemitzis Benafshe Shalom, that point, of Tamimus, of being simple and childlike. That's so beautiful. The Dovr Melech said, Vani Betumi Eilech. The Tzaddikim, I was able to meet over the years when I when I met and I saw the Satan Rabbi, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein. These are the greatest geniuses in the world. And they were completely, completely enclosed in Tamimus. How they spoke and how they, everything they said. I remember as a yeshiva book in Yishalayim, I decided I wanted to meet Rosh Hashanah so I went to his house. I asked where he lived, and I found out where he lived in Shaykhaz, and I knocked on the door with a question that I had in Halacha. I really just wanted to meet him, so I came up with a question. And it, it, was, it was a long time ago, this is a long time ago, and, and there was still such a mitzvah that you could do that. And I knocked on the door, and and the rabbi came to the door, 
And she says, Kane, I said, you know, I speak to her. And she said, she called out just like this. She says, Abala, that's what she called him. Abala, yes, yes, there's a sweet little bacha over here. That's what she said. And then he came to the door, the Gadol Hadar. The Gadol Hadar came, and with two hands, he, he pulled me into his house next, he pulled me next to him, and he started like this, like this. And he says, and he says, sit down. And the wife brings some tea and, and crackers. And I, I'm saying, what I, oh my goodness, what's going on out here? The guy's not going to believe this. And and he starts to ask me about my family and, and, and you know, where your parents from and, and where you're learning, who you're obeying are and so on. I was there for around 15 minutes and I asked him the question, which I was able, thank God, to remember which question. And I asked him the question. And then he, 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 the way he said to me is, well, didn't, did you ask your Rebbe? What did your Rebbe say? Did you ask your Rebbe? So I said, no, I, I wanted to ask the Rebbe. I didn't. He said, oh, you, you should have asked your Rebbe. The way he said everything was like a little boy. It was the most tamimistic thing. It was unbelievable. It was simple. It was unencumbered. It was, it was coming from the absolute essence of a person without any of the shrewdness and slyness and sophistication and all that stuff of regular, of regular people. It was just it. It's very hard to explain the feeling. It, it, it was an unbelievable thing. Here you have the most brilliant mind, one of the most brilliant minds of a generation, who contained almost a hundred years of Yerushalayim in his head and in his heart. And all of the learning, all of that, all those buildings and skyscrapers, layer upon layer upon layer. But the person himself never lost his tamimus, his smile, his simple tamimus, never lost it. When you meet a person like that, you're blown away. You're blown away. It's, it's, it's a rare experience to meet a person like that. An adult who is like that is beloved by everybody. Everybody loves that person. When an adult, that's why everybody loved him. Chassidim and the Swadim and the Lord, everybody was a Rabbi He was like that with everybody. He just, he was who he was. It wasn't any make believe. It wasn't any, I know something that you don't know. I know something that you don't know. You didn't feel that. I know something that you don't know. He didn't measure himself by what he knew. And he didn't measure you by what you know. And what shines out from the tzaddik like that is in the kudah ha-tmimus, that's called tmimus. That unclothed, undressed essence that's simple and pure. That's what comes out. Tmimus. Without trying to make an impression, without trying to appear a certain way. The truth is, as long as a person is in the world of muskalos, of information and ideas, and the person thinks, 
that's where greatness is. Again, he's not saying Hashem, the one should try to learn and gain information and gain knowledge. Of course, that's what we do every minute, try to gain knowledge. But if your way of identifying yourself and others is by muskalas, by what you understand, by what you know, then you are keeping yourself from this midah of tamimus. We need to understand more about this. Let's look on this a little bit more to see how this plays out. The dogma, for instance. We come back to Tilim. Somebody asks you, you know, there's a member of my family that's not well. Would you mind saying a half hour of Tilim? A half hour of Tilim. Uninterrupted. A half hour. Not learning Tilim. Saying Tilim for a half hour. First, the person starts to think, What am I going to get out of the Tilm that I'm going to say? This is already, these are already muskalas. There's already, already shrewdness. There's already cleverness. What am I going to get out of this Tilm? That thought already, those words in a person's brain, what do I get out of this? What am I going to get out of saying to him half hour? So the guy is a person that learns. He says, you know what? Elmad Gemara being. If I would spend a half hour or more learning Gemara in depth, Baimek, and a Chadish Marachas, and I could come up with some new ideas in the Gemara that I'm learning, okay, that I, I'm gaining something. I'm, a, I'm accomplishing something. I've achieved something. I've gotten another floor on my building, in my brain. But from Tilim, what am I going to get from saying Tilim? What comes out from the Tilim? I'm going to send, say a bunch of words. I'm going to say some words. Come up, sukim, a bunch of sukim. I'm not going to end up with anything. If I learn something, I'll have something in my hands. There was a piece of learning that I didn't know. Now I know it. If I go to a Shia, I didn't know this. Now I know. But to say to him for half hour, what did I gain? What did I get? What do I have out of it? I said a lot of words. What do I have from that? And even though nobody would talk like that, and nobody would say that, but it's a feeling that a person has. Not all people, but the more complicated the person, the more likely he is to think that way. What do I have, what do I have from that? What do I gain from that? What's the, what's the mistake in that way of thinking? The mistake is in this. The mistake lies in a terrible, terrible misconception. The person thinks that understanding something is on a higher level than Tmimus. That knowing more is on a higher level than being more. But the truth is, the truth is that Tamimus is infinitely greater than, than knowledge. Tamimus, not that we're against knowledge. It's a mitzvah from the Torah to learn. But Tamimus 
and the tenimus that a person gains when he gives himself over to Tehillim for half hour and he enters into the words and he becomes like a little child again. And he pours his heart out to Hashem. What a person gains in that half hour of tenimus is infinitely greater than another piece of information. There are some people who will hear what we just learned and this whole discussion about Tamimus will think that Tamimus is not a good thing. They'll call it in English somebody's naive. They'll think, wow, somebody like Rabbi Shlomo Zaman Arbach, he could be taken for a ride. You know, you go that way, everybody can take advantage of you. Tamimus is being naive and being overly simple. A person who feels that and thinks that way about Tamimus is a chitzaniyistic person. He's looking at things in a very, very superficial and shallow way. The truth is there's no greater midah than Tamimus. Yaakov Avinu was the greatest of the others. Nikri Ishtam. The greatest praise that the Torah has for Yaakov Avinu is that he was an Ishtam, unlike his brother who was complicated, scheming, and conniving. Yaakov was as smart as smarter than Esau, but he wasn't scheming and artificial. He wasn't complicated and composed on different level of different layers. He was Ishtam. Because when Tamimus is, is together and attached to the creator of the world, to the master of the world, then it becomes truth. We know the Midrashakal is truth. Because the person expresses always, he lives with his essence. He lives with who he is. He's not contrived. He's not trying to be somebody else to act a certain way, to make an impression. He's not trying to make any impression. And therefore, there's a deep connection between Tamimus and Emes. Yaakovinu was Ishtam, and the Midah of Yaakovinu was Emes. Titan Emes the Yaakov was truthful. Was truthful. And through that, a person becomes attached to Hashem. The Chaysam, the seal of Hashem, is truth. There's nothing that Hashem loves more than the truth. We, we can't describe God. But we could say with absolute confidence and certainty that he's true. Hashem Elokim Emes. Hashem Elokim Emes. Emes. He signed it in the beginning of the Torah. Gracious Elokim, those three, three last letters are Emes. The Chaysim is Emes, truth. A Tamimistika person is an Emistika person. It's an emistika person. You know, now nowadays, even pictures don't tell the truth anymore. The pictures they make up, they can put together. Like they used to have when we were children, these color forms. Do you remember that? I don't know if you remember that. You remember that? You take the, you take this is blackboard, and you, you you take these little plastic things and you make you dress them up. And the pictures are not real anymore. It's a little shaker. You can make any picture you want. There was somebody that was telling me, a girl was telling me about how they, somebody, I don't know who was, at a Shabbos table, somebody told us that there was a, they they took, uh, they showed on the television, 
a girl that was a very, very, very plain-looking girl, and then they showed, like, in fair speed, how they made her into, like, some glamorous movie stuff. And nobody would be able to believe that this is the same person. So they're, who, they're two different people. All of that, with the layers and layers of makeup, layers of makeup, all hiding, covering, concealing, contriving, complicating, making believe. To create a different image. That's not against putting a little makeup, but 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 the the the, the, the marshal of that is the the complete the complete abandonment of truth. All all advertising, movies, and so on. With this tamimus, this emes. When the tamimus is a tamimus of connection to Hashem as then you have the emes, what was shining out from the Shomaz Abba Allah, from Moshe Feinstein, the Chavaz Chaim, the emes. That's why, that's why the Chavaz Chaim didn't have to say a whole fancy Shia in order to bring people around. The Chavaz Chaim said something. Isn't it true that an adult could say the same thing as a child, and when the child says it, everybody goes, ah. Oh. And if the adult says it, goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> that happens all the time. The adult says something, and, and, and so when the kid says that, everybody's like going crazy and writing it down and saying again, Yankee, and everybody's going nuts. What's the difference? So the title says, because a child, because everything the child says is endless. It's true. It's not. It's not contrived. It's not made up. It's not a muscal. It's not some information he's trying to show off to you. He's speaking with his with his neshama, and therefore everybody right away enjoys that. Everybody enjoys when someone speaks in that way. An adult says that, so you could say you're trying to sound cute. You're trying to sound cute. You see that how. People dress a certain way. You're trying to look a certain way. And they think that, that when they're going on the street that the whole world is collapsing in, in, in light of the beauty of this. Uh, it's a galach. It's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. If you're copying somebody that you saw on the television or in a movie and then you go parading down the street in that outfit and you think that the whole world is like how bloody they never saw anything like this. He looks, he looks better than the lady in the movie. Better. It's all phony. It's all artificial. It's all contrived. Who, who are you really? It's not cute. If a child puts on a little outfit and jumps around, everybody says that's cute. If an adult does that, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're trying to you're trying to be a you're trying to be a you're 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 a very very wonderful person, but you're trying to imitate something that you saw on the television. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. Look how people dress. Pathetic is not fashion. It's pathetic. That's all it is. A child is adorable. Because the child, because the child is who he is. It's not. It's not anything. They try to make himself into somebody else. And even when he imitates, he, he's not, even, when, even when the child is trying to copy somebody, 
he's not trying to really convince you that he's that person. He's just having fun. He's just having fun. He's not trying to make a statement. He's just having fun. But when you get dressed up and you act a certain way, an adult, you're trying to be something else. That's not funny. That's pathetic. That's the opposite of Emma's. It's Shekhar. It's a lie. You're trying to sell yourself in a certain way that you're not. It's a lie. It's the opposite of Tamimus. And therefore it's not appealing. It's ugly. You think that you have something over other people because you found out about some some new concoction and this is going to give you an edge over other people that they, that they don't know about that. By Hashem's book, the highest thing is truth. But when there's real Tamimus, where there's a Tamimus that comes from that humility of a person who knows, I'm just a bar, I don't know anything, I'm just starting olive base. I'm just starting olive base. I don't know anything compared to, to, the, to what the Torah is, compared to what the Vanishlam is. That is the meat of truth, which the Torah is called Teres Emes, the Torah of truth. So what should our goal in life be? Not just to long for more understanding, for more knowledge, to accumulate more information. To be sharp, to be able to impress people and say something sharp. We have to focus our shi'ifa, our, our aspirations, our longings. We also to be really a tamimistic yid, to try to become once again tamimistic. Tamim tia im Hashem The Torah says that if you tamim, Hashem says you want a mine, then you're with me. Im Hashem You should be tamim with Hashem. But the tzaddikim say means if you're tamim, then you're im Hashem. Because Tamimus is Emes. And Hashem loves Emes. That's his seal. And the more Tamimus, the more Emes. As long as a person's main goal is to know more, to accumulate more. And a person thinks and believes that that's greatness, that's Shlemus. You could lose the entire goal of life, the whole purpose of life. That's the purpose of life. To be dveikim Hashem lokechem, to be attached to Hakadosh Baruch And those of you who are attached to Hashem, Chaim Kulchem Hayom, you are you are alive, you're filled with life, just like a child. True life is attachment to the Creator of the world. That's true life. And the only way to reach that is by being real. Or else you're just making believe. But by being real. And that's, There's an expression I heard, they started to use, maybe when I say started, it could be behind. But I heard, so I heard, uh, I heard um, a girl say to another girl, the girl was hanging up on the phone, and she said to her friend, okay, but, uh, you know, whole ending. Okay, see, it was real. Did you ever hear that? 
It was real. I was thinking, what does that mean? It was real. That is the surest sign that it wasn't. When someone says, it was real, it was real. How do they make up such things? Who thinks of those things to say such strange things? It was real. People talk like that. It was real. What's real? I had this guy that, uh, that uh, this is going on all this week, and, and you know, I wouldn't share with you what the, the kuda was, but it was a terribly upsetting thing that I had to try to deal with a situation in a certain institution. And, and there was one there was one lie that was being told to me after the other, but it wasn't. It wasn't even hard to figure out. There was a there was this person that was lying to me, one lie after the other. He said yesterday one thing, and the next day he says to me something else, one after the other. And then, so I'm talking to him on the phone. I call him up and I say, Rabbi, it was a rabbi. I'm sorry to say, so and so. So he says, listen to me, I'm a man of my word. That's what he starts by. That's what he started off the next day. I'm a man of my word. So I said to him, hold it right there. Let me stop right there. So I'm going to tell you something. My father told me that a man of his word doesn't have to introduce himself by calling himself a man of his word. There hasn't been one word that I've heard from your mouth this entire week that was anything but a lie. So I told him, you're a liar, and every word that's come out of your mouth is a lie. You're not a man of your word. It was real. It was real. Real is a hush of a thing. Real. It's a hush of a thing real. There's not so much of that. When there is, it's very special. Even the most special things become like nothing. Tamim tiyam Hashem lakecha tmimis is emes. In writes ataliyasem Hashem lakecha atamuchach liyas tamim. If you want to be with a kadosh baruch hu, you have to be tamim. There has to be tmimis. Tmimis is emes. Now we have to talk more about how to get back to that and how to work on that. So Mitzvah Shem next time will continue.